WCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. What should you do if, a, if you believe a sibling is possessed? Can near-death experiences contradict the multiverse idea? Could your ghost be scaring your family? Hey there, and welcome to the 506th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those very strange questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. This is the first of two open line shows over the next 24 hours, and we hope to make a uh, dent into that ever-growing stack of emails. Maybe we can... Get that stack away from the ceiling. Uh, you can also call us during the show at 248-545-7685. So let's get right down to it. Well, before we do that, I wanted to wish a happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish friends. Everybody oh, right, yeah. Was, everybody was making jokes about the fact that it started on the same day as Thanksgiving. Hanukkah's early Thanksgiving. No, it was the day before. It was the 27th. Well, whatever. People were coming up with compound words, and it was uh, extremely hilarious. Anyway, a very, very happy Hanukkah to, to everybody. Uh, okay, so let's start with our emails from, uh, well, actually, our messages from Facebook. And we do uh, let everybody know that uh, we encourage you to write to us uh, on the show Facebook page by, via the message option. But we we will edit it right down to the main question because you, people usually write in and, and say different things, which we appreciate. But we, we try to, uh, in the interest of getting the, some of these uh, taken care of, we, we are editing them down to just the, the actual questions. So here's one from Hari in Bangalore, India. Alrighty, so Hari writes to us, I and my friends were listening uh, when you talked to Mr. Sexton about the flashing nexus, and we would like to hear what you, uh, hear what you say more about it. Okay. Well, that was the same question you asked, because I uh, finally managed to uh, shock my son by, with a new term we had never discussed, and that was uh, something I had been turning over in, in my little noggin for a number of years called a flashing nexus. And what that is, Hari, and everyone else who's interested, is, well, a nexus is a place where things come together. It, it's a conjunction of, in this case, uh, parallel lives. Okay. Now, I'm always saying, and there are other questions about this, it seems to be interesting people lately, that we live many different lives in these parallel universes that quantum physics speculates about and pretty much believes in, although not necessarily in the same form we do, always. Uh, and these lives uh, are all us. And they, uh, when we die, quote-unquote, when, when it's not us dying, it's, it's uh, the particular body we may have at the moment, if there is one. And we, uh, our consciousness still exists at, at, throughout these many lives we're living. So it's one consciousness, many manifestations of that consciousness. Because really, even these manifestations matter. It's really just energy. That's one of the things quantum physics is shaking everybody up about. Mm-hmm. So that in and, and this came from, I suppose, just interviewing a number of people over the years who had had near-death experiences. I haven't made a specialty of that, but I've taken note of what I've found because of it. Uh, because having worked in psychiatric hospitals that back in the 70s that were... Uh, in a way, general state hospitals as well. Not everybody was a was psychiatric patient there. Uh, people would have these experiences occasionally. Uh, I, would, I was present at many. Uh, well, I don't. We don't call them death. We call them translations. And sometimes people would 
would say in that and other circumstances that, and we had Mr. Sexton, uh, Rex Sexton, the artist we had on last week, mm. was saying that he, in the midst of this experience of dying or and coming back, if you want to call it that, would feel that he would be in the, the way he put it, in the body of one of the nurses or in the body of one of the doctors. Yeah. You know, he was many different people seemingly for a brief period. And this is what we call the flashing nexus. The flashing is, is flashing of, of consciousness of where you, not where you are someone else, but where, where that someone else is you somewhere else in the multiverse. What's, what's the difference? Y equals X, X equals Y or well, whatever? Not necessarily in this case because we don't really have separate people. Right. And this is the notion of the non-existence of the self and of the individual. This gets into philosophy and other stuff that uh, the physics of consciousness might discuss. But what we're talking about here is is flashing consciousness from one aspect of yourself to another. This is usually diagnosed in, in normal situations as mental illness, of some kind of psychosis, particularly schizophrenia, where... Uh, you know, that th- this supposedly can occur. But my question, as I've stated many times on the air, when I was working in these hospitals as a seminary student, and I was a grad student in psychology, was, gee, maybe these people aren't psychotic in the sense that they have these chemical imbalances in the brain that are creating these illusions. Maybe they're experiencing real worlds that actually exist and where they really are, these people. That really came out, as we've discussed again many times, in uh, the uh, dissociative identity uh, syndrome, the dissociative identity disorder, or multiple um, personalities, as, as it's often called. Well, you're sort of killing two birds with one stone because um, uh, Sue Messier from uh, Boylston, Mass, actually said uh, that she listened to some of our podcasts and uh, she said, You often talk about multi- living parallel lives uh, where we all live in the multiverse, and I've heard you say that our subconscious mind contains all the other lives we are living. So why are we uh, conscious of just uh, this one and not the others? And are those just potential lives? That That's a perfect time to introduce that question. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. Well, and you know, you, can, you know about this too, so so jump in whenever you want. I know. I'm just I, I'm just making the point that the that you're connecting to another question, so that we're killing two birds with one stone, or incapacitating two birds with one stone. If killing. Well, too I harsh. love birds, so I, I don't like to use that term. However, I do. Nevertheless. Yeah, that's a very good question uh, from uh, Sue, Sue. and uh, it, it leads right into the other one. So, so why are you conscious of one life at a time, okay? Well, I think a lot of people, as I've just said, are not necessarily conscious of one life at a time, and because most of us are, we think those other people are, are bonkers, you know. We used to lock them away. Now we fill their pockets full of antipsychotic drugs and see you later sometimes. <laughs> so, Basically. But I think that, that, that one of the reasons we are not conscious of the, all these lives at once is that we are not capable in our current state in this world. Well, it's got, it, it got learned out of us in my opinion. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think it did. Because it's like, well, you don't want to be like Jimmy over there. Jimmy thinks that he's uh, seeing things. You don't want to be like him. And it's, yeah. it's, it's like, well, it's we're also educated into a, into a materialist three dimensional at most four dimensional paradigm in which these things really mess up the um, vision of that paradigm yes. and are very inconvenient and are therefore educated out of us. So you keep your feet on the ground, and which you do anyway, you should, but it, it leads away from, I think, what our ancestors knew. On the other hand, I don't know if we, the particular species in this realm, in this part of the multiverse, is, is evolution, from an evolutionary standpoint, has gotten there yet. 
to be fully capable of this. And I think that's what we're talking about when, we, when, when a lot of the psychics or whoever, the self-appointed... Then how come our, our ancestors could do it before? Then would it have evolved out of us? Could they? I'm not saying... Well, maybe. You may know. be right. No, th- that's a good question. I mean, if, if they, they do... have been educated out of us, we may be capable of doing it. If you look at the spiritual giants of the ancient world, well, I'm talking about shamans, and yeah. you know, before, non, before non-agrarian civilization came in and kind of distracted everybody, you could be right. I'm very open to that. But um, whether it's evolution or whether it's education... Nature then, or nurture. Uh, we, we generally have a problem with that. All right? But I think that we, the reason we're, we're conscious is... Be, it, well, actually, let, let me rephrase that. We are conscious in each of these lives. And each of these lives are real to us. Okay, It's, it's all... It, and I think that in each life, the subconscious is where all the other lives are. So in other words, here... And this is very simplistic. It could vary. All sorts of variations could occur. But in this particular life, we're, you and I are sitting here, Ben, doing the show. Uh, people are out there listening. Some will be listening to the podcast. But we are equally conscious in worlds where there is no show. We're, uh, the only worlds we're not equally conscious in is worlds where we don't exist. Right? But where we do exist, again, it's all part of us. And we're very conscious there. And where, what, and where we are here and what we are here is part of the subconscious there. It really is a very elegant interactive system in perfect balance, I think. Right. What say you? What well, I always say to the guests. So what say you, Nave? Um, <laughs> what? Well, I mean, that, that just makes me think of fencers whenever you say what say you. Like pe- Fencers? Yeah. Right, okay. I don't know. I was, well, just, answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. Um, maybe going back to the nature versus nurture type thing. I don't know. I think that we can. It's just there's all sorts of engineered crap around us to keep us from achieving that um, spiritual state. You know, you know what I mean? There's oh, all, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this this world is just engineered to um, do that to us. Well, I have, this world or our civilization? Well, this our civilization and perhaps a bit of the world. Okay. Mostly because um, after this past two weeks experimenting with uh, what my professor called the media fast, mm. which was getting rid of media and all that stuff, including books, so didn't couldn't read books. Well, I know... Well, I don't know. It counts... Know. It, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it counts as a form of media or whatever. Sure. Not, not to toot my own horn and say, oh, I fasted, just saying that my conclusions of this were very interesting in that I found... Even the littlest thing, even books, could be considered distractions. And that they're all simply just little tiny words, not even words, just strange symbols on a page that for some reason we give meaning. If we strip away all that stuff, our lives are incredibly simple. We tend to make things much more complicated than they need to be. Thus, Thus, by making things way more complicated than they need to be, you see that we cannot achieve the state that we need to because everything is just too complicated by our own doing. So we're, we're in agreement that we can help, we can find more of our whole selves in silence and in meditation and without distractions. Well, as a friend of mine said that you can't, a little bit of fun every so often is nice. Something to just relax the mind or whatever. 
Besides, like, not not saying that you should just meditate all the time. Do well, nothing what? but that. But in all things in moderation, as one says. Except prayer. Right. Yeah. Well, in, in meditation, what, what do you mean? That's fun, I think. Yeah, no, I'm just saying some people don't find that. No, no, that, well, they don't understand it. Right. But no, I think, I think you're really onto something there. And, and this it comes back again to our, our, our questions that we've got all these lives we're living. And when we are quiet and meditate, we teach ourselves, we can hear or apprehend the wisdom in lives where we are wise. We sometimes are frightened by things that are happening in lives that uh, we are, uh, uh, in which we are not so wise. Right. And we can gather ourselves, and this gets into the notion of the central core consciousness that I, I am going to write about, and I am writing about in the next book, we'll get into that too. But I think, the, but as, as far as the flashing nexus is concerned, we'll have to wait because we have to take a break, but we're, we're going to be back in just a moment. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. We'll be right back on our open line show in just a minute, so stay with us. Right in front of your eyes Bad 
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and with me is Paul, my father. And we are talking of the nature of consciousness and the multiverse and how you are everybody and everybody is you, in a nutshell. Well, there you go. Well, just to finish up the answer to the questions from uh, Hari in India and Sue in Massachusetts, I think the flashing nexus here is, is what I call the experience that some report during near-death experiences, I don't know about death experiences, because they don't usually don't tell you, it, it, where you are, where you flash, as it were, between different people. Because when you go into that state, you seem to be in the state of core consciousness. In other words, at the center of the consciousness of all these different yous and all these different multiverses, in, in all these different worlds, I should say there does seem to be a, a central core that is you. It does not seem to be embodied in any particular place, but it is a manifestation of what we call the unity. Okay, So when you have the flashing nexus, you are, I suppose, just firing between di- different consciousnesses as you pass to a new one. Perhaps you um, are in a state is this a, not everybody reports. You know what this. I think that we should clarify, and we never have, not that I don't think. What's that? That the you is not the singular you, but the subjective you. Okay. Just because just I think it just sounds like weird that it's like you, you're in everything. You specifically. Yeah, that is not meant to be inner looking or subjective. But go ahead and talk about it. Well, no, I just think it's weird. It's so, it's so hard to talk about in English. Because, it is. The language is the language. No, it's not because it's so self-centered. Yeah, yeah, that's not what is meant here. It's just the opposite is meant exactly, you know, exactly. Right. Uh, by what we're saying. So what? Um, what? But again, I think there are for for a person who is we we always, we always say that when you pass, when you translate from one consciousness to another, when when one embodiment ends, uh, which of course it never does because it's always existing. But when your consciousness passes from it to another. Um, where you are already conscious and already living a life, you sometimes might not be taking the path of least resistance as things do in nature because you may be confused, you may be undecided. And this gets into the, the, the classical 19th century ghost theory that didn't know any other way to uh, talk about this except in the terms of spirits of the dead, remnants, re- residual hauntings, and all this other stuff that <laughs> I think is not good enough. Uh, and sometimes just utter nonsense, into this idea of the self-passing from embodiment to embodiment. So if you are not taking a path of least resistance, if you are undecided or confused or in some way uh, having roadblocks to this, to, to to a clean passage, yeah, I think you can for a brief period flash between these different consciousnesses, and I think that's what it's about. But we can get to that um, sometime again if people are interested. But in the meantime, let's move on to our next question, which is from uh, Alan in Tom's River, New Jersey. All right, so Alan writes to us, Paul, you are a brilliant speaker, and I read your bio online. With many years in your uh, profession, with many years in professional journalism, why are you wasting your time on the paranormal when you could easily be writing for a major newspaper or magazine or even TV? It's a shame. Well, <laughs> I sometimes get that, Alan, and I thank you for your comment. Let's consider that. 
How important, when you are ready to translate, lying on your deathbed as it's called, confronting ultimate questions of the soul, how often does what's on the evening news or in the newspaper really matter? Now, sure, in the news, we see, and we used to have a, uh, an expression in the newspaper business, uh, good news doesn't make good news. So when you're immersing yourself in the news and you see death and destruction, uh, terrorism, horrors everywhere, uh, strange things going on that are not pleasant, that's important for us here. But ultimately, what's important is what we talk about on this show, because that is a question of ultimate destiny. These are ultimate questions. Everything else will pass, although it will always exist somewhere in the multiverse, but as our consciousness goes, as we, as we proceed and translate, it won't be important. Not even what's in your bank account will be important. You know, Ben, uh, we all know people, uh, I can even think of a few relatives, whose main concern is how many gadgets they have in their cars or how big their big screen TV is or what the latest football score is. I mean, please, it scares me how oblivious people can be to ultimate questions. I will not serve that. I have never served that. I, um, In 35 years in journalism, I always tried, and, and I'm still a working journalist, I mean, in in, uh, in magazine. It's not like all we do is the paranormal. We both have other jobs outside oh, exactly. of this. Yeah, yeah, so we do. But, why, but I, I try to dedicate my foremost talents, such as they may be, to this field because this is what matters in the end. So that's my answer to Alan. A wonderful you answer any comments indeed. on that? Um, let's see. Well, I'm glad that you're not working for a major newspaper or uh, in TV. I, I'd hate well, that. I, you know, I have worked. I on. hate the news, so... <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, on the other hand, I'm always an advocate of being a responsible citizen. You must be informed, and if you're not, and if you don't take action for what you believe in, oh, I mean, that doesn't that doesn't mean knowing about the latest murder going on down no, the street. Is, no, <laughs> no, but it does mean what Sir Edmund Burke said: people get the government they deserve. Right. Well, I mean, that, that that's just and when people you know. are concerned with just the gadgets in their cars, or the football scores, or fashions or whatever nonsense is distracting, as we were talking about, distracting us, right. then people deserve what they get. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we must move on. And where we move to in our consciousness is a function of how aware we are of ultimate questions. And I think a lot of people are aware of ultimate questions. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the the, uh, the listeners of this show are. So, so that's my answer anyway on that. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but I think what we're doing is more important than day-to-day news. A fine answer. In my case. So. Indeed. Right. So moving on, Sandy uh, from Question Mark writes to us. Yeah, so they use her last name if you don't know where she's from. Well, I mean, I, we don't know if they don't want us to say their last names well, or you not. Said, you said you That's true. I did, I did do but that, but I was – yes, 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 I know. So Sandy writes to us, uh, what do I do about a ghost that is pounding on the walls? It goes on most of the night. Sometimes I cannot sleep. Should I move? Will it get worse? Okay, well, with no further, we do appreciate the brief questions, but sometimes it's difficult to give a specific answer when no specifics are given. First of all, Sandy, how do you know this is a ghost? You know, I've been involved in it. I don't know if you ever found We've usually run into some interesting situations, but in, in the past, you know, one of the first things you look for, and any uh, garden variety ghost hunter will tell you this, you look for other explanations before you adopt a paranormal one. 
Is uh, it the boiler? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we sometimes run into things where you know you might have a, a branch pounding on the house, even in, even in a, a small uh, breeze. Although that's hard to ignore. And uh, or there could be uh, an, an equipment problem in the house, a boiler, especially in the winter. Like we have steam heat in our house. Oh yeah. And if people aren't used to it, oh, what's that? Is there a snake in the room? What? I've, I've, got, I've heard that before. People think there are snakes in the room. Oh, how nice. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking more. Well, I mean, it, 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 it hisses at you. Like, what, what are you expecting? Oh, yeah, so that's true. That, well, the, we live in a 100-year-old house, and the, the, the thing bangs before it starts. So banging is the expansion of the pipes as the hot water goes in in the cold weather, and the, the, the radiators all hiss. And uh, we're living in the Victorian age of yeah. Castle Eno. <laughs> Castle Eno. So, so in any case, uh, it could be something like that, uh, Sandy. You should you should consider that. Uh, I'd like to know, we'd like to know if you have called anybody in on this. It's probably not a good idea to do so uh, because most of these people have no idea what, what they're doing or what they're dealing with, if anything. Right. Uh, there's also the matter of uh, uh, goes on most of the night. Well, that, that's very uh, annoying, of course. And I wonder where you live. If you do live in a cold climate, and how long this has been going on, and uh, should you move? Well, I don't think at this point that's called for. Ben, any thoughts on it? No, no, geez, moving. Don't waste your money. <laughs> well, I you mean, were... there are times when people that I have, where I have advised people to move. That's true. And well, I mean, it works. Well, I but this is this is in major uh, situations where <clears throat> poltergeist phenomena was the offing. Well, well, perhaps uh, some little uh, bullet points should be added to this uh, on her part about what's going on. Where do you live? Uh, Who do you live with? Are there any situations going on that we need to know about? Because we encourage people uh, to give short answers. Well, that's what I mean. Bullet bullet points. It's different. That's a good idea. Bullet points. Yes. Yeah. if, If you don't know what I mean by that, just. You know, just brief sentences. Consider them like tweets or something. Brief sentences right. uh, that explain the situation. Yeah. Um, and will it get worse? Well, uh, if it is a uh, paranormal situation, uh, it, it, it could, but that's a big if. I'm thinking of the Bridgeport poltergeist case and a number of other poltergeist cases. It all started off small. Started off small. And but, no, people got, but that's not easy to scare the poor woman. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Why don't you write to us again? Tell us more, Sandy. And uh, perhaps we can be more more specific about it. And thorough. Yeah. So moving on, Mike uh, writes to us. Maybe it is because I listen to your show so often, but I think you are uh, right about uh, paranormal and multiversal events on the rise. A lot of people I know are uh, having strange things happen, like waking up in the morning and some things are different, or sometimes even in the middle of the day. One guy I go to school with uh, said there was a uh, house on his street uh, that day, and he never saw it before. Uh, what is happening? Should we be scared? Well, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> let me give an example. Of, and and I, I wanted to get your um, unvarnished response to this, Ben, so I didn't tell you this earlier today. Oh, okay. Uh, something happened to me this morning. It was right out of the Mothman prophecies. What? Okay. Uh, yesterday, I swear that I saw a brief news story about a train derailment in New York in which four people were killed. Right. All right. I um, was in the middle of something else and didn't have a chance to look at it. But this morning I saw it again. I said, oh, okay, well, they must have a, what we call in journalism a second-day story on this. Well, that accident happened this morning, not yesterday morning. And I was a little shaken up by oh, it. Oh, yeah, and two people were injured, not four. four. Was it two? Would it it's, change again? It's two. 
Oh, no, killed. Two, oh, oh, four people injured or killed? killed. Four killed and a bunch of others injured. No, nah, two killed. Well, then it changed again. I remember this morning. It was very clear. I made Maybe your news sources are awful. Well, this is the Associated Press. They're not uh, that bad. That's true. Yeah, EP isn't that bad. But in any case, that accident took place yesterday, not today. Because I remember it yesterday because I said, because I'm a trained buff and, uh, you know, I'm concerned with naturally safety. And uh, I said, my gosh, not again, because there have been two. You think of the, the, the train disaster in Quebec. Yeah. Not all that far from here. Uh, when there was this terrible disaster, uh, Lac Megante, uh, Quebec, not long ago. And then another one uh, just within the last six months. So it's, it's just uh, it's terrible. But uh, I seem to have been reading about it yesterday morning. So, so we certainly uh, feel your pain, if that's what it is. Uh, for oh, you're right, it is for I heard two on uh, news reports this morning when I was at work. Oh, and you work at a radio station, so you think that would be the place to get the news. Well, I mean, there's all sorts of cl- conflicting reports. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, did the accident itself did occur yesterday. I should say uh, today, not yesterday. Now, uh, also in response to uh, Mike's question uh, questions, um, I I don't know. I think it will probably get worse. And well, the reason for this, at least in in my opinion is that we've got, what shall we say, thinning world boundaries. That's the best way we can put it. And we talked about this a lot leading up to the whole 2012 thing. We had a lot, had a lot of guests on that. And that seemed to be, there did seem, one of the things that was true in 2012 and is still going on, perhaps is increasing, is the electromagnetic stuff going on around us in the multiverse. I should say, in, in, even in the astronomical universe. But we have to take another break. We'll get back and finish this up very shortly. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. Be right back. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries.
Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and next to me is Paul, and we are talking of, well, strange things that are going on in both the terrestrial world and the multiversal yeah, world. Yeah, strange things are happening. How would you answer Mike's final question? We talked a bit about what is happening as far as things being different sometimes when you get out. And sometimes it even happens in the middle of the day. And we talked about my experience yesterday of reading about this accident that occurred today. Uh, rather a, a shocking experience. Uh, what about Mike's final question, Ben? Should we be scared? I don't know how to answer that. What would you say? I would say no. I mean, it's like this stuff's going to get more normal, so you should just really get used to it, or just don't even think about it. Yeah, I would say, uh, I'd agree with that, don't even think about it. I mean, what, what good would be... Fretting. Fr- fright. Fretting, fright. Fretting, fright. There's Being really, fearful. well, there's no good that comes of it, it just makes you paranoid. Well, it's, it's a survival instinct. To be paranoid? Well, no, to be afraid. Oh, well, yeah. It means, you know, get out of here, or you might not survive. So well, I don't think we're quite in that position so we probably ought to just uh i'd say be be aware but but not overly concerned right that's the thing i mean yeah. it's keep your feet on the ground go about your go about your life things happen try to learn and uh learn to be silent too and meditate uh embrace it embrace yeah embrace it Emb- it's it's just nature indeed it is and yeah. it's only be- going to become more apparent so okay embrace it that's all i can say uh next is from oh uh, Rama? Rama. Rama? Yes. Sankar. From uh, Australia. So Rama from Australia. Uh, do you find that ghosts uh, behave the same from culture to culture? Is uh, the poltergeist the same uh, kind of creature in America as it is in China? That's an interesting question. That is a very interesting question. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Rama. I Actually, effectively, yes. Now, I've only done research in a handful of countries. I haven't been to... Asia, and now there's Ben to nope. research, and uh, I. But but from all the information that I have, I have found that um, it's not the the critters that are different, and they are creatures. They are life forms. I find that uh, they are not different themselves, really, but that people's interpretation from culture to culture can be different. I often notice, and Ben and I have talked about this briefly, that we do not receive a lot of inquiries from people of, uh, I don't know, uh, Oriental extraction. Now, you yourself have an Indian name, uh, but that's, we, we, we seem to be, we seem to have a, 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 an audience in India. So, But we don't seem to, uh, to hear a great deal from people of uh, other cultures other than those of the West, because they have, first of all, their own 
interpretations and, and remedies for these things, which they will share with you if you ask. Uh, I was fortunate enough, as I, as I often talk about my conversation with Minda Louie, Australian Aboriginal elder outside Melbourne one day, uh, many years ago. Uh, he, I was very, I'm very honored that he shared his own personal point of view with me and that of his people, which he commented was very similar to what I was developing with this whole multiverse idea. So I, I again, I think it's, it's more the, um, the interpretation and the approach of different cultures than it is the creatures themselves. So that's really the best way I can answer that. Mm, that's and, true. I'd agree with that. Yeah, okay. All right, now let's get into the actual emails here. This is, um, oh, th- this is a question that we've been getting a lot of, and I figured I'd better deal with it. What is it? Uh, this is from Patty. I don't know where Patty's from. All right, so Patty writes to us, Hi, Paul. I asked you about your forthcoming book, Dancing Past the Graveyard, a while back, and you said you were hoping to have released it in then uh, in the then near future. Will it be coming out soon in 2014? I have eagerly, eagerly awaited it for years. Now I guess I've uh, read your last few books a couple of times each, and I was impressed by your unique uh, viewpoint in your research and theory. I've been uh, reading about the paranormal for the past 50 years since uh, I was about seven years old. Uh, if it's not in the uh, works to be published, is there any way you could release a private manuscript at your own uh, set uh, price? Uh, right. well, well, thank you, Patty. I very much appreciate uh, the fact that you appreciate what I write. Uh, as I wrote to you privately, and, I, and I'm, I'm answering this on the air because we've received lots and lots of inquiries about this, the thing was started to be publicized, and the, the book is Dancing Past the Graveyard, What Ghosts Have to Say About God, started being publicized in 2009. I am very embarrassed that it is still not finished. First of all, I keep running into things that I want to put in it. Uh, secondly, uh, the uh, I, my schedule, is, as, as Ben will tell you, is, is utterly crazy. So it's a matter of finding time. It's pretty bad when a professional writer can't find time to write, at least not what he wants to write. But again, I'm still a working journalist, so I have to. We have to eat here, and uh, so that, that, that you know, my own books unfortunately have to take a second string sometimes to other things that have to be written for revenue purposes. So that's essentially the answer. And uh, all I can say is that I'm working on it as quickly as I can. Ben and I are also uh, in the initial stages of writing uh, Cosmic Journey, uh, Behind the Paranormal, which will be a summation of our best shows, what we we believe are our most interesting shows on many different topics, shows without guests. So that's essentially how I can answer that. But to all, I, I, I just encourage you to remain patient. I thank you for that. And we will give it ample publicity on the air and on the internet and everywhere else when we we are able to uh, to produce that that book. So, oh boy. Okay. All right, uh, Ben. I'm going to read this one because it's very involved. Okay? Please. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is from Ellen. In uh, we might not be able to get through this. We we'll have to continue it tomorrow night. But this is from Ellen. So I have two open line shows. I don't know where Ellen is from, but. This is, uh, For some 40 years, I have searched for answers concerning possession, for want of a better word. And it concerns her twin brother. And she at one point had attended uh, an Episcopalian event where a a speaker who was talking about spirituality. um, And uh, it was an Episcopal brother, Episcopal brother, uh, who could not do anything for her brother, was apparently having this problem. Uh, her brother was um, serving as an altar boy, apparently, at the time, with this brother, John, Episcopal uh, brother. And apparently he threw up 
on the altar and uh, ate the contents. It's gross as it may sound, but sometimes you see this. Uh, and uh, Ellen goes on, I spoke with the speaker afterwards asking what I could do for Bill, that's a brother, her brother, who had been acting out in extreme anger and sadism since at least nine years old, as I recall. Now, this is something I've seen before. People will often wonder if, if in, children are incorrigible in their mistreatment of other creatures and of other people. They wonder if maybe, sometimes wonder if possession may be involved. Well, uh, again, that's a complex question, and you can't jump to conclusions here. Uh, he also stated the, as, that, that, this is her brother, he also stated that he has no childhood recollection before the age of eight. That's a little odd. Mm. Uh, very possible uh, abuse, perhaps sexual abuse as well. Uh, I was told to stay specific, say specific words binding this, quote, entity and commanding it, quote, back to the black pit whence it came, unquote. Uh, do, and she has in parentheses, do we really want to send them, anyone, there, unquote, uh, or, or uh, close parentheses. Okay, uh, let me stop there. Uh, this, when you, you find, and I saw this a lot of times when I was involved in exorcisms myself as a seminary student, you've got a spiritual point of view here that does not actually match up with the, the, the modern multiverse point of view, what's really going on here. yes. There are entities that do this. Uh, no, they are not, in my opinion, servants of Satan or demons in, in the classical sense. I began to notice they, they didn't always respond to our theological approach. I've since found their theology is not quite the same as ours. They're not the same at all, really. If they even have theology. If they even have theology. They are very intel- they are intelligent life forms. If you want to call them alien, you won't be wrong. I'm not saying they're from other planets, but I mean that whole terminology doesn't really measure up to the whole multiverse idea. So what was really going on with Bill here, if it was paranormal, is is something that might not have been helped by binding and this kind of thing. What, what, What you're doing in this term binding is you are calling upon things that stir the power that you are connected with, okay? Because sometimes people will have uh, these, well, what are traditionally called demonic hauntings or even possessions. And if if they will say, you know, get out of here, this is not your place, this is mine, uh, or they'll use a cross or or, or the Quran or scriptures or, or, or anything that they connect with that has power, they can help these situations, though not always. So uh, I think the whole approach of uh, saying certain words and, and binding the entity, commanding it black to the, back to the black pit, you know, maybe that's all right. I've seen it work, but I've also seen it not work, and I've seen it backfire as well. And I, I'm interested in her statement, do we really want to send them or anyone there to this black pit? Remember we were, we were talking, this is for the past few years, about fighting parasites, which these really these entities really are, we call them parasites, by using compassion and love, mm. because this seems to repel them. Uh, we sometimes, we actually had a case in uh, Illinois, or was it Indiana, I can't remember which, in which the young man said that the entity that was after him, one of these parasites, actually felt sorry, or said it did, that it... Um, had to eat the way it did, and that it had to prey upon him the way it did. Uh, I don't really trust that, but I mean, there there has been 
some re- evidence of some remorse by some individuals within some species of parasites. Right. I wouldn't trust that. But anyway, we do have to take a break again, and we'll come back to Alan's letter in just a minute. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. Be right back. CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. NewSkyRadio.com. CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno in our final segment of the show where we are discussing Ellen's very interesting email. Well, Ellen believes, from what we've read so far, that... Sure. <clears throat> I should say her brother, Bill, was uh, possessed in some way. 
she was taking the advice of an Episcopal uh, brother uh, who said that she should say certain words, uh, sending the creature back to the black pit from whence it came, quote-unquote. And she was questioning whether you really want to do that to any creature. So I didn't think that's a good question. Mm. So uh, she continues, and she said she was 14 years old at the time. On my way to school the next morning, seeing Bill still sleeping, I said these words in my head, directed at him. I didn't want him laughing at me if he heard me and nothing happened. As soon as I finished this, quote, command, unquote, Bill, still sound asleep, raised up very quickly with a jerk, uh, only uh, to almost a sitting position, then fell back onto the bed, otherwise not moving at all. Even if he'd heard me and, and was playing with me, I seriously don't think that he could have pulled this off. I took off to school, uh, not knowing what to make of it. And not, again, she said these words in her head, she says. What to make of it and not wanting to hang around if anything else happened. I only recall the one really sadistic event at that time and not whether it occurred before or after this. Saying this, I cannot absolutely state any real change, I guess, in, in Bill after using these words. While I seem to recollect that most of our growing up, it's still pretty blurry. I can, with all my heart, state unequivocally that Bill has always been extremely caring and sensitive and one of the funniest, most helpful people that you could ever hope to meet. And my question would be, well, where did all the sadism come in? Mm. Uh, he says that he still has a hard time concerning his anger, okay, so anger problems, but nothing like the rage I saw back then. Okay, so this is mostly when he was a boy. I, on the other hand, have found my own rage, thankfully taken care of now. My own idea is the simplest example, black clouds that are connecting to us, uh, know what angry and fearful thoughts to insert in order to feed off our resulting negative energy, which, of course, is what we say. This probably corresponds with the parasite that you speak of. I need to get your book. Oh, by all means. I also have had my dealings with energies or entities in me, or so it seems. My feeling is that there is some generational bug, although this is the first time I've used that word, that is inflicted upon family members through violence and then fed upon or fed through subsequent forms of abuse. Well, <laughs> that will do it, Alan. Mm. I've run into that many times. Uh, with parasites that actually follow and, in a sense, farm or cultivate certain families, sometimes for generations. Mm. You know, one thing, Ben, that, that, that makes me wonder, you often hear people say, well, uh, this, this gift has been in my family for generations. My grandmother was psychic or, or mediumistic, and my mother was, and so am I. <laughs> Only uh, two generations. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it might go back many. Yeah. And th that that makes me wonder, you know, is that really a gift or is it some parasite following the family giving you information so that you can right in order to push I mean, buttons it, or some other things go wrong because very often these families and people have pointed this out before that psychics and mediums very often not always but very often have the most messed up lives mm. their personal lives are a mess their finances are often a mess that's true and what's going on here you know? well i mean i i, I it makes me wonder, like, if their ancestors had this gift or whatever, what they had to do to get it. You know what I mean? All right. No, I don't. What, what exactly do you mean? Well, I mean, think of, like, your ancient, ancient, ancient ancestors or whatever who were oh. pagans, practiced uh, human sacrifice or whatever, uh, things like that. That's that's what I yeah. mean. Well, they're good pagans. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. I, I use that as a broad term. Oh, I, sure. I, I know. I, I clearly know that there's a difference. Oh, no, of course. Uh, no, you're right. Uh, it could it could go way back to um, 
situations where people were serving parasites that made them think they were gods, and right. there are all sorts of compl- complex things going on here. On the other hand, there could also be uh, strictly psychiatric issues here, although we do sometimes find paranormal and psychiatric issues intertwined, which is really difficult to sort out. But you've got anger issues and abuse, and that rings the dinner bell for parasites, if indeed there was a paranormal component here. Or it could be just a messed up family. Right. So that's really difficult to say. You know, what you you want to look for is stuff that's occurring outside people. Uh, You know, if if the family starts arguing and stuff starts flying off shelves or you start hearing footsteps upstairs or people, things are appearing. I mean, that makes you start to think, well, perhaps there's another component other than uh, a messed up uh, family here. Dysfunctional as the term goes. Uh, So he's talking about the human bug, I think a parasite uh, attaching itself to people. Uh, and I'm continuing with Owen's uh, letter. It was meant to look terrifying to a child. I have reason to think I saw more in childhood. You missed the sentence. Oh, no, I, this is deliberate. Yeah. Uh, there was strongly chanting some man- mantra child to enforce very bad feelings about myself. In other words, she was, this was being reinforced in her. I was, um, okay, well, this too turned uh, longer than I thought. I guess talking about her letter, intending only to ask about the experience of my brother. Although certainly all input is truly welcome, uh, perhaps it adds to your research. I thank you in advance. Da, 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 da. Well, thank you. Well, again, uh, I, I, it's difficult to say at this point what was going on so many years ago. Uh, but I True. think that they're, they're yeah, we also there. weren't there. So I also wasn't there exactly. Exactly. All I can say is that the usual remedy for this, and it, it really never fails, is positive thinking, mm. positive action, positive spirit within you. Connect. To, if, uh, if you want to put it this way, connect to where you are in the multiverse. You are a positive, a powerful, positive energy and good. No, nothing repels entities if there were any involved here more than positive energy does. And it sounds like there was a lot of negativity going on in this family. Mm. That will create problems. Right. So, anything to add? Uh, well, no. Considering that we're almost out of time here, let's get right to our announcements okay. on that. On that lovely note, um, visit our uh, website at www.behindtheparanormal.com where you can find over 500 free podcasts of all of our past shows. And you can also check out our site at www.newenglandghosts.com where there are case studies and photos along with articles by my dad. And you can find my books that everybody seems so concerned about. Barnes <laughs> and Noble Look at e-reader, e-Reader and Amazon Kindle. If you buy them directly at BehindTheParanormal.com, I will autograph them for you. Big deal. And will help <laughs> us, well, I'll be happy to do that. And you will help us keep all those podcasts free by doing so. Also on our sites, you'll find direct links to several charities that Ben and I have adopted, including USA Cares and Canadian Veterans Advocacy. So many thanks to our producer, Brandon Jackson. And next week, our... Uh, December 8th, right here on CBS New Sky, we will welcome back Gary Hesseltine, publisher of UFO Truth Magazine, for a discussion on disclosure or disaster. Some people have already asked me what we mean by that. I like it. Oh, yes. Indeed. In the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time Show on WOON 1240 mm-hmm. and onworldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 Pacific, every Monday. Where we will continue our open line shows. Uh, tomorrow night, yes. Yes. We leave you with this evening with a thought from American scientist and visionary Carl Sagan. Science is not only compatible with spirituality, it is profound. It is a profound source of spirituality. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we shall see you next time. <laughs>